couldn't do it to you guys. I couldn't make you listen to other pinball podcasts in lieu of Canada's pinball podcast. I tried to do it. I was right there with you for an entire week listening to all the other shows out there. And I'm just like, I need to come back. I know you need to have Canada's Pinball Podcast on the airwaves because nobody does it the way we do. And a lot has happened in a week. I've had a moment of reflection and I realized, I took a long look in the mirror and I said to myself, you're not a terrible person. You're a little bit of a watchdog in this pinball hobby and we need that. We can't have the people who are looking out for the best interest of consumers walking away and not focusing on the issues that are most important to you in pinball. So let's jump right back into Canada's Pinball Podcast as if we didn't even skip a beat. So I'm going to start this show uh, with a little bit of a rumor. I don't think it's really a rumor. I think it's more of a confirmation of what's going to happen with one of the most sought after pieces of news all year. And you've all been waiting to see what this company finally has in store for you in the pinball world, and that is no other than Deep Root. Now, I'm here to tell you, and more is going to come on this shortly, and Robert will clarify uh, the positioning of what Deep Root's plans are in 2019 and into 2020 a little bit more in detail. Uh, But what we are going to see in November at the Houston Arcade Expo will not Right. Let me repeat that. Will not be a full reveal of Deep Roots games. We will not see a full reveal of Raza. There will not be like four to five Razas set up there for you to play. They will be at the show. There will be a Deep Root presence, but it's not what I think most of you are thinking, which would be the moment in which they would pull the curtain off the game and let you guys jump on and see what all of the couple of years of hard work have resulted in and I think a lot of people are waiting for that so I'm just here to tell you if your money's in your pocket waiting to see what Deep Root has and you thought you were going to get a game by Christmas possibly put the money back in your pocket well maybe it's still in your pocket but you're not going to be taking it out of your pocket so you know look I, I talked to Robert and, and, and I'm cordial with Robert, and I can't wait to see what they have. And because Deep Root has no pre-order dollars in their pockets, and they haven't taken any of your money, nobody can really be upset about this. Clearly, clearly they are learning that making pinball is much harder than they ever thought. Remember, back at Expo of last year, Robert told us that they would ship more games than any pinball company in the history of pinball and they would ship those games in 2019. Now, zero is the number of games they will ship in 2019. So how do you go from shipping the most amount of games ever, where if we were to just take Stern, that's 10,000 games a year Stern ships. So Robert's gonna go from that to zero. Now, I don't think he meant volume. I think he meant number of games in terms of actual titles shipped in one year. So if, if Stern releases four new titles a year, I think Deeproot was planning to release four or five or six or seven. Uh, but there's no way at volume can they get to where Stern is in, in, in one year. And, and now we know that clearly making pinball is a lot harder than they imagined. And they also put themselves in a little bit of a box. Remember, Robert said, when you order your game, you are going to get your game within two weeks. And I didn't make him say that. He said that. Uh, But again, again, I think everyone takes this stuff with a grain of salt because nobody is getting ripped off by Deep Root. And they have 
owned up to their word and they gave Zidware customers refunds who asked for it. He didn't have to do that. So I want to talk about what Robert did, which is he did not have to give Zidware customers their money back at all. He did it up front and he deserves credit for that. He took money, his own investor dollars, and he went to make the people who got burned as whole as he possibly could without needing to do it whatsoever. If you look at the Dutch pinball situation right now, right, how much different does that seem? In which Barry's new newsletter basically says they must have some investor capital to start production up again. But the last thing that Barry is doing is taking that investor dollars to make the old early achievers whole initially, right? The first people that get those new games from the investor dollars should be the people that already paid for the game. And I think nobody, nobody would deny that is what should happen. And did you see the new newsletter? It is amazing to me that Barry is still, he still like got this shtick where he's calling the newsletter, you know, he the, the not safe for work. He's using curse words. He's still using like the dude and all the, you know, all the vernacular from the big Lebowski. But I think at this point, he needs to drop the whole shtick. Like he needs to stop making light of this situation and nobody finds it funny. It's not hilarious. It's actually at the point now where it's really pathetic. And the only person I'm listening to during the whole Barry promise, you know, we're back to more Barry promises. I always listen to Ben Heck because Ben knows what it takes to make a pinball machine. He's an engineer. He knows what it's like to try and start up pinball production uh, from the ground up. And if you look at Barry's email or his newsletter, right, what is it always chock full of? It's chock full of all the good news, all the optimism surrounding this whole thing and how you should get on board with it. And here's how it's going to work. Option one is this. You wait for us to sell all these new games to new buyers at 12500 Option two, if you're an early achiever who already spent twelve like 8500 I'll give you a chance to buy one of the new games for 12500 and it'll come with your precious little plaque and some new goodies on it. Ooh, how, how special does that person feel to have to buy their game again and be out $21,000 just to get a stupid $5 plaque on the apron of their game? What are the other goodies going to be? Nobody knows. He hasn't told us. How is he going to get manufacturing up and running again? Nobody knows. He hasn't told us. How's he going to find the money to order the parts he's missing? Nobody knows. There are more question marks and more hurdles in front of him than he can even imagine. Because just think about it like this. Use common sense, people. That's what we do on this podcast the best. Use your common sense. With a contract manufacturer that specializes in making things as complex as pinball machines, like these are experts over at ARA, they were able to churn out 80 games, maybe a little bit more than 90, 80 games in like two years or five years worth of time, right? Well, uh, look, they were building, I think, something like 50 games every four to five months. Like it was, it was slow. It wasn't quick. Barry, with no manufacturing expertise, with no manufacturing facility, with no manufacturing workforce, with no manufacturing tools, with no manufacturing machinery. I don't even want to talk about the machinery required, right? 
he's going to build you 500 games in one year's time without any ability to do so. And yet he says it, and are people crying foul? I think people are starting to. The sad part is the early achievers have Stockholm Syndrome. If you listen to these early achievers, they're like, well, there's nothing else I can do. I have to be on board because it's the only chance I got. And they're right. And we should have sympathy for those people because they're about to lose again and again. Every year that goes by, these early achievers, they basically get raped by Barry's false promises over and over again, and it's about to happen again. This guy should be out of business, people. This is as if Andrew Highway is still in business. Andrew Highway and Barry are two peas in a pod. They are terrible at business. They have no idea how to run a business. They have run their businesses into the ground. Right, Pinball Brothers bailed out Andrew Highway and they immediately saw what a disaster it was. Barry doesn't even have a company. At least Andrew had a factory. He had parts there. He had an assembly line. He had enough where if they could get it together, it would work. And even then they quit. All Barry's got are a bunch of parts in, 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 a, in a room somewhere without any ability to make the games. Right? It's, it's a disaster. And he keeps talking like it's all, all signs point to positivity, right? I love when he's like, we ran the numbers. The numbers look good. Here's the only number you need to run, Barry. Zero. That's how many new Big Lebowski's you're probably going to get out the door. And I, I'm, I hate to say it, but that's where this thing is headed. It's headed south. Okay. Now, there is a Big Lebowski for sale. I saw another one pop up. Sean Goodwin over at, I think, Death Saves Arcade. He's selling his for $22,000. Now, he told me his personal story on, on why he's selling this game. And, and look, he needs to raise money for a good cause. Uh, personal matters happened in his life, uh, and, and he's looking to sell this game. Now, that being said, he's looking for $10,000 more than he paid for it, but that could possibly be the market value of the game. And I'm not going to argue about what the market value is. It is what it is, right? He can ask whatever he wants. 22000 or best offer. If somebody wants it, they can make him an offer. If they don't have to pay $22,000, they could offer him $18,000. They could offer him $16,000. They could offer him $12,500. Um, a lot of people will probably offer him 5 bucks. but there is one for sale. It is opened. It's not new in box, uh, but he's only played it a few times. Now, I did, I did find it funny. Sean, I know you listen to the show, man. It, you mentioned like four or five switch adjustments that you want to do on the game that you think would make the game play better. Dude, do those adjustments. Don't don't tell us what you would do to make the game better. Do the adjustments. If you want to make a $10,000 profit, do the damn adjustments. I always I always get annoyed in for sale threads when people know something that needs to be done to the game like, "Hey, this game needs cliffies and I have them. I just didn't install them." But Hey, buy it and do it yourself. No, do the damn work if you want the profit, all right? All right. So what else is going on in the pinball world? Jersey Jack Pinball. Look, we talked about this issue and Jack is doing the right thing. He's calling up his customers and he's giving them uh, free play fields if they've had issues with the game. And I know there's a lot of debate still going on on whether or not a free play field is good enough, whether or not they should be doing play field swaps. I don't think play field swaps are ever going to happen. A free play field, I think, is a good enough offer to satiate people and down the road it is an insurance policy if you ever want to make your game new again then you can swap the play field 
and you know just hopefully those play fields that he's sending people are 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 problem free right so that's the other the only the, the final question on this and then i'll say this is have they found the problem and fixed the problem and we're just going to have to take their word for it that all the play fields that they're giving people won't have problems right and so the question remains if you bought a pirates of the caribbean play field like four months ago how could that have had the fix even though you got refunded do you still have a problematic play field okay now look we're not going to know here's why we're not going to know because no one's ever going to do a play field swap i mean it's the weirdest thing ever to me are the the play fields under people's beds and in their closets as insurance policies in case they want to make their game new again in 10 years oh yeah Hey, Canada at 42 can't wait to replace his playfield at 52 years of age because I'm really going to care about that game 10 years from now and I want to keep it mint. Uh, but maybe so. Maybe so. Look, it, it can only help you when you go to sell your game and you've got a replacement playfield. So I, I give Jack credit for doing the right thing. I also know Jack listened to my last podcast in which I interviewed Larry. And he did say like he thought I did a fair job. He also thought Larry did a great job. And I spoke to Larry and, and hey, Larry thinks that that was the best Canadian pinball podcast ever. Now, only Larry thinks that. I don't think that. Larry's a funny guy, and he, he, he's, he it's fun to have a back and forth with him. Uh, but he clearly it leans one way, right? And it was good to have him discuss the game. And I thought I asked him a bunch of questions, many of which he danced around. Uh, but sometimes it's fun to listen to people dance on Canada's Pinball Podcast, isn't it? All right, so Jack's doing the right thing. And I also want to say this. We've heard from Jack. We've seen Jack call his customers. What has Stern done for its customers? And Stern has had this issue with Jurassic Park. And we have yet to see Stern do anything, call people up, and give us an answer on how they're, how they're going to resolve this issue and and i think we have to say jersey jack one stern pinball zero here on how they're handling this because jack is getting out in front of it now i do think this podcast drumming on about it forced their hand and they have to get out in front of it because here's why right jersey jack only sells one game and it's willy wonka and if the problems are happening on the only product jack sells and, and his volume is not the same level as Stern, he has to move quickly. I think Stern is moving slower because uh, it doesn't mean they're not having issues, but because of the volume of games they sell, it might not be impacting all of their games. And I think they're playing a little bit of a numbers game right now to see if it's really bad enough where they have to make an announcement. Because as, you know, as we saw with Jack, once you announce there is a problem, then you then awaken everybody everybody who bought the game during that period is going to come at your door and want something from you and and stern you know jack might be able to give 200 people play fields stern is not going to want to give like 2000 people play fields if if they feel the issue is universal across a lot of the stern games all right so we haven't heard anything so when do you think we're going to hear from from zach sharp over at stern i'm not sure they might just wait it out Maybe that's what they're doing. They might just solve the problem and let people experience pooling and maybe some chipping. I think if you have extreme cases of chipping, they will deal with you. But I do think Stern's going to deal with people through distributors and we're never going to get an official announcement from Stern. Uh, I do want to call out some of the pinball podcasts out there that have only have only brought up Jersey Jack having issues but have failed 
to mention Stern having issues with the chipping and the pooling. And I know, and, and, and you know who it is, head-to-head pinball, Marty over there. Come on, Marty, like, call it like it is. You've still yet to admit that Stern is also having this issue. It's like, it, it's like you can't do that. I don't think it's fair to Jersey Jack. I don't think it's even fair to Stern buyers who are having issues that you're ignoring the issue here with Stern. And maybe it's because you just had Keith Elwin on and you don't want to upset Keith, right? See, I don't have to worry about any of that. And I know that's why you listen because I'm not going to lose access to people that I don't even have access to, even though I know Keith Elwin is probably listening to the show right now. Keith, I love you and I know you love the number one pinball podcast, Canada's Pinball Podcast. All right. So that's where we're at. Jurassic Park is in the wild. People are playing it. I saw Keith Elwin is signing the LE cards that are going to go on the game. Um, You know, it's an interesting thing because Jurassic Park is out. And Jurassic Park is, is, how is it doing? Like, how do you think the game is selling? And I know we always try to speculate how well a new game is doing. Now, I think we're at the point now, and, and I've thought about this over the last week, where the LE version of the game, it hasn't sold out yet. And I want to talk a little bit about why I think we're at a period now in which the secondhand market of all pinball games is really starting to soften. And you can see it. You can see it with Black Knight LEs where $9,000 now, you can't even sell one for $6,700. Willy Wonka Standard Edition, $7,500. I think one just sold for $6,500. $1,000 loss in just a month or two. Jurassic Park LE. Here's my thing with Jurassic Park LE. There's nothing on it that is really special. And that is the problem Stern is facing with the LE versions of the game. Just having a glass translate is not good enough. Just having a shaker motor is not good enough. Just powder coating the armor is not good enough. Because I think what people are seeing right now is this. If you're going to make five to 600 of these LEs, I think it's 500, it's too many. 500 is now too many of limited editions if you are going to make four to five games a year that have LEs, right? Because then you start to have 2,000 limited edition versions of Stern pinball machines each year, if not more. And that's just too many. And then when you look at the simple fact that when you buy an LE, you are getting nothing more than tiny little cosmetic changes in the game. The play field's not different. The experience is not different. The code is not different. There's nothing special about it. And when a lot of people out there collect pinball machines or have multiple pinball machines in their home, they don't even get to see the different cabinet artwork. There's nothing about the gameplay experience that is any different. And then, and then here's what's happening now. These $9,000 LEs within a year are starting to lose like almost $2,000 in value. And a year from now, everybody knows that Jurassic Parks that are LE versions will be selling for like $7,000. These games are no longer a bolt to the floor, I'm never going to let this go kind of game. 
And it's just too much money to go in on an LE now knowing that you can get it for so much cheaper. It didn't used to be this way. And, and, and I think the softening of the pinball market is great for buyers, uh, but it's terrible. It's terrible for the companies that are trying to get you to, to, to trade up to that LE experience. And what I really think needs to happen is this, and, 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 and I think all of you should do this. I think everyone out there should stop buying LEs until they actually give you something that feels limited and special. And you, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you stop going in on these $9,000 games or these $12,500 collector's editions, if you actually demand there to be more in the game, you know what will happen? The companies will actually put more in the game. Here's what I'm looking for from a limited edition. First and foremost, I want a limited software experience in the game. I want there to be a mode, at least one mode and experience that you can only play on my game and the other 499 out there. And I think we saw that with Tron, but I do think we should get an exclusive and limited gameplay experience. I don't care about you tournament guys that think it all should be the same. I don't care. I'm paying more. The LEs go into homes. They go into the collector base. I want that. For $9,000, I would also like different artwork on the play field. I don't care. Make it different. Even if it's just adding sparkle and making what was blue red or what was green yellow, I don't care. I want an exclusive Playfield artwork, the way it is on the collector's edition of Pirates of the Caribbean. Is that too much to ask? I would also like different, maybe like some lighted up, you know, armor, the way Star Trek LE had it. I would like a topper. I think there should be exclusive LE toppers, a la Batman 66, a la Pirates of the Caribbean collector's edition. I want to know that this is something that beeps and lights up and is interactive with the game that is only on my LE purchase. And see, we don't have that anymore. Right now, these LEs, there's just nothing special about it. I look at Jurassic Park LE and even like the art, it's it's like Stern, I think Stern made a mistake. I think they allowed the art packages on all the games recently to all look really good. So the LE doesn't stand out. Like remember Ghostbusters LE, how much that Slimer edition stood out from the rest of the, the variations. And then it all started to fall apart where like Guardians LE didn't feel special. I, I would say like Munsters maybe felt a little bit more special. Star Wars definitely did not feel special at all. Deadpool, same thing. Like, yeah, it's cool, but it's like they're all cool. Like it doesn't feel that much better. And I also, for the LE prices, I want that metallic foil cabinet decals that they put on Batman SLE. We know they know how to do it. We know it looks amazing. They've only done it once two years ago, over two years ago with Batman 66. So I don't know why these LEs or anyone could even justify buying these LE machines right now. And that is why I think we're seeing the prices tank on them. And I think we're seeing distributors getting screwed who are stocking up on them. So it, it leads me to my next point. At what point, because there are so many new games every year and there's so much happening 
and distributors are are buying games and and holding on to them for a very long time like there's still deadpool le's in boxes at distributors for nine thousand dollars at what point do pinball distribute distributors start to act like car dealerships and give you significant discounts on new in box games because they are last year's model right we see it all the time in other industries But if you have a game that's been sitting around for eight months or 12 months new in box, it's lost value. The game has lost some of the prominence that it had and the hype is gone. And so when will distributors start to discount these games and and, and offer people $1,000 off new in box? And they should do it because we know they're doing it to some of the the high-end collectors get all these deals from distributors that nobody really wants to talk about. All right. So... Jurassic Park LEs have not sold out. I also think like if Jurassic Park was based on the movie, you'd see a lot more excitement for it. I think we all agree, but it is the way it is. I think the game does shoot great. I want to play the premium and the LE because I I do think that Dinosaur Mech is the coolest thing in the game, and I've yet to experience that uh, in the game, but we will get those shortly. Speaking of like LEs, are we going to see the collector's edition of Willy Wonka soon? And that has to happen, I think, in the next month, this month for sure. And it's going, like, here's the thing. We all know this. Those games have to ship with perfect play fields. And if, if those games ship and any issues with play field pooling on a collector's edition, I mean, it's going to be terrible news for Jersey Jack Pinball if that happens. So I, I, I have to assume that they are doing everything in their power to ensure that that won't be the case. All right. I heard that in Guns N' Roses... Jersey Jack Pinball's Guns N' Roses game will feature something that they've never done before in a Jersey Jack Pinball game. So that's exciting, but that's also, what do you expect them to say, right? I I totally expect Eric to engineer something that hasn't been in a JJP game before. Uh, I still think it's going to be a standard body game, and I don't think we're going to see Guns N' Roses until January, February at the earliest. I think these delays with Wonka... Uh, have to be pushing back Guns N' Roses a little bit. Uh, Jack needs to sell every Wonka he can uh, before Guns N' Roses is revealed, and and he'd be smart to do so. All right, what else is going on? Who am I missing in the pinball world? Let's see, American pinball. So here's the... I'm hearing rumors behind the scenes that things are not going so well at American pinball. I'm hearing from people connected in those little tiny inner circles that there are people leaving American Pinball, that it's not going well, and that uh, that's all I'm going to say on that matter. But can you be surprised that, that everything at American Pinball is not roses right now? They have had two chances to make pinball magic, and they've made games w- that were like fully packed. They've made games that are also somewhat fun. They've put a lot into their games for the money, no doubt about it. Uh, but I think the theme choice and the way they've marketed these games and the way they've had delays, like people forget it was a six-month delay between Oktoberfest reveal and them selling the game. And then I think that crushed that game. You can't make people wait half a year. Game feels old by the time it comes out. Stupid mistake. And it's like a rookie mistake that they never should have made because they know this industry. It's the same way Robert Mueller is not going to show you something until it's ready. Because if you do that, you are just destroying your sales. You need to either trickle it out slowly over time 
and don't, you know, like a movie trailer, but don't show someone the entire movie and then make them wait six months for a few of the special effects to be added and then expect them to still like want to go to the box office to see it. And that's what American Pinball did. All right. Who am I missing? Cosmic Carnival. I hear they're like, there's 15 or 20 left. Get them now. Why they still last. Why the, why the supplies of one of 100 can be in your home. I heard it's a fun, simple game. And I'll just leave it at that. All right. What else? Who am I missing here? Is it Spooky Pinball? No, no news at Spooky. Spooky's doing its thing. Uh, we look forward to seeing what they have at Expo. Will they tease Denise's game number two? We'll see. Uh, Cactus Canyon remake is just around the corner. You know, a game we don't really talk about much is Kingpin being remade. We that's coming. I mean, those guys have pretty much uh, almost done with the final prototype. And then what happens? Well, you know, it's it's weird to me. It's it's like five years ago the the notion of remaking Kingpin seemed like a great idea. Right now, it seems like a terrible idea. I don't know where the market is for all this stuff. There's just too much. And again, I just think it's an awesome time to be a buyer because the market is so oversaturated. All right, let me do this. Let me let me read a few of your emails that you sent to CanadaPinball at gmail.com and then we'll let you guys go. And I hope you're happy we're back on the airwaves. All right, I got an email from James Foggin, Wonka again. James says, well done for the interview with Larry. Very enjoyable to listen. He was lost for words for almost every question, and I laughed out loud when he says, Chris, you name me a better game with better art than Wonka, and within a second you said Batman. He almost choked. Very funny stuff. Keep it up. Keep up the podcast. It's very enjoyable. Please shed some more light on the machine you're involved in. And please just let Wonka podcast be. It's a total bust of a game. It really has no identity and I can't see it ever being a must-own game. Perhaps go to Sunshine and break down games for us as you play them. Hell, even give us a rundown of the place itself. If you do play the game and shill a little for a company brand of your choice and get some insight and kickback I don't care and you might be making more money for all your efforts which is 400 plus podcast commitment you should be getting a little pinball dollar for all your work all the best James well James first of all thank you I'm glad you enjoyed the interview with Larry look I'm not gonna keep beating on Wonka I look I don't think Wonka's a done deal I, I I do think that they can add stuff to that game that would excite the Wonka fan base. And it's never too late because here's the thing. The game shoots great. If the game shot like crap, I would be like, oh man, there's there's nothing they can do. It's one of the best shooting games ever. And so if they want to go incorporate more of the movie or some of the songs in it, they always can. Now look, I, I'm not going to hold my breath waiting for it, uh, but they can still do that. And I, and I think, you know, we'll just wait and see. Now as a buyer... I would just wait and see like what happens with the game, right? But I know people love it and some people don't. And that's the nature of pinball. I mean, I'm loving Batman 66. I've been playing it for a week. I think it's one of the greatest pinball machines ever. I think it's going to go down as one of Stern's best games ever. And it's just so much fun. And I don't know. Every day I play it, I have fun. So I don't look at it in any other way other than enjoyment. You know, I got a great text message from Ed Robertson. I love Ed. He says, look, man. 
It's all about fun. It's all about fun. I mean, it's easy for Ed to say because Ed is, he's always having fun. He has probably one of the most, he's a rock star. He has one of the most fun lives on the planet. So he's always naturally in a good mood. And I appreciate that. I like being around positive, successful people. Like everyone needs to find their Ed Robertson in life. You know, I love guys like that. Just They just exude positive energy and it's how it should be. And he said something that was just very, you know, I think you all agree. These games were never meant to be in homes. Like they were always meant to be out on location, take abuse, and then be rotated out for the next game from that manufacturer. And they were meant to make money. There, there's a reason why there's a coin box on all of your games. It's to make money from consumers, right? They were never meant to be looked over with microscopes the way they are right now. And it's driving people crazy and it's driving them nuts and it's, it's eliminating their ability to enjoy the games. And you know, after a week of thinking about it all, I, I definitely agree. And we're all stuck in the middle because you can't offer a product that you know is going to be in people's homes for $9,000 plus and have it chipping on, on week one or month one. You can't do that, Ed. But you also can't enter into a hobby like this and expect your game to remain you know, completely perfect the whole time you own it. And if you wanted like slap down mylar and spend all day waxing and, and you'll never play your games. It's like guys who buy cars and never drive them, right? You know, owning a pinball machine is a little bit like owning a pet elephant and, and expecting it not to like break stuff in your house. Like stuff's going to break in your game. It's a lot more fun to just go to the zoo and, and pet the elephant and see it there than leave for the day. Same way it's more fun to go to a barcade or, and just grab some beers with some friends and play some pinball and then go home. Right? That, that's, that's what it was always meant to be. So we're a little bit of a crossroads. And, and, and I think at these prices, though, we do deserve the quality to hang up, uh, to, be, you know, to be better than it has been recently. All right. I got an email. Let's see. From Paul. Paul Molinari says, hey, Chris, just finished listening to your last podcast. You're not a terrible person. And don't let an owner of a pinball company make you feel like you are. Your podcast exists for a reason and why so many people listen to you. When a person stoops low to call you a terrible person, it's usually a trigger response to when they are out of things to say or can't think of a good way to respond. In my line of work, I've been called so many things, including being told I'm a terrible person or I'm horrible for the way that I've done things as part of my job. I just learned to let it go through one ear and out the other. All right, he, he then says, if you're ever up for a trip in New Jersey, come by and let's play some pinball. Keep up the good work with the podcast, Paul. Paul, thank you so much. I mean, look, I mean, I know that this show is going to rub some people the wrong way. I know that this show is going to get under the skin of manufacturers. I know this show is not going to be seen as good for pinball by everybody. But it is good for pinball. And I think it, it is important that we have this discussion about pinball on a weekly basis uh, because ultimately we're just pushing to get better games, better value, more magic, and, 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 and get games that are fun into the world. And some are, some are there, some are not. Some companies are honest, some are not. And you know, some designers are great, some are not. Some coders are fabulous, some are not. But, but if we only lived in a world in which all the pinball podcasters and all the pinball Twitch streamers and all the pinball magazines out there, if we lived in a world in which all they ever did was give everyone glowing reviews, 
give everyone like a pass if they never said something sucked, right? This is what this is the thing. You, you, there's no way that we can live in a world in which something like you know, 15 pinball machines come out over two years and we're going to say they're all great. They're all worth it. No. Why would we ever think that way? Some are, some are not. Some, you know, companies are awesome. Some suck. And you know that. And that's why people listen to this show, because I think we articulate what a lot of other people are afraid to say. All right. All right. Michael Cannon said, terrible person. You can't be a terrible person if you're telling the truth. Keep your chin up, mate. Well, thank you, Michael, for writing in. I really appreciate it. Uh, Don Don Fregedy, I, Don, I, Don F. He says, Justin and Martin, little late in this, but I've got a backlog of podcasts. Anyway, Justin needs to lay off the pinball news and get back to what he does best, making pinball magazine. We're still waiting on that extensive Python editorial he did just before the man died. Don and PA. Well, look, Jonathan Justin, the juice is loose, and Martin have been uh, extremely supportive of Barry and his Dutch pinball efforts. Their podcast is a little bit like watching paint dry if you listen to it. They should stick to the magazine for sure. Uh, But here's my thing. They sent Jeff at This Week in Pinball this ridiculous disclaimer or, or, or sort of like a warning that they don't want their podcast to be transcribed on This Week in Pinball anymore, all because Jeff is going to be running pinball ads on his website. So those are two completely non-sequitur things. Are they trying to say that Jeff has sold out? because he's just trying to make a little money for all the hard work he does. So I would recommend that you would cancel your Pinball Magazine subscription because don't they run ads in Pinball Magazine? Like, why should we support it then if you're running ads, Jonathan? It's also like I think Jonathan fails to realize something that's happened. The new Pinball Media is awesome. The Special When Lit, Canada, Jack Danger, Jeff at This Week in Pinball, Zach, look at, like, Greg Bone, like, the new pinball media is entertaining, it's exciting, it's colorful. Those guys are the old guard. Like, and, and they're not even like the New York Times. It's like, who's making a pinball magazine? Like, pinball is happening in real time. It's happening on Twitch. It's happening on this podcast. It's happening on Pinside. It's happening at shows. It's not happening in magazine form. Like, how, how outdated is that approach? So I did. When I saw that, I just wanted to tell Jonathan and Martin, you guys need to stick to your last. You're really running out of all credibility, the way you've bent over for Barry. You know, look, you want to send me a cease and desist? You, and also, wake up, gentlemen. If you do a podcast in 2019 that talks about pinball, people are allowed to take what you say on a public podcast and transcribe it. You don't own the rights to what you say in your podcast like it's some trademarked song absolutely ridiculous now i shot them a note and i said i think that's a ridiculous thing to tell jeff at this week in pinball for all the money and hard work he puts into it and you know what they said they said chris we would love to be the official sponsors of canada's pinball podcast so i'm here to tell all of you out there right now that jonathan the juice is loose juiced and Martin at Pinball Magazine and Pinball News Podcast are now 
officially sponsors of Canada's Pinball Podcast, and they made a hefty donation to my Patreon page uh, to show their support. So, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much, and I want to congratulate you on waking up to the new pinball media that is dominating this industry right now and has the microphone and has the credibility and has the voice. So thank you for getting on board. All right, let's let's read a couple more emails and then we're going to let you guys go. How's that sound? James Higgs said, Chris, your podcast is an important part of the pinball community. And even though there are those that will not admit or are too ignorant to recognize it, you do get a lot of unjustified hate, but this is the new normal. Just like in life, people create their own narrative by disregarding the truth and facts. I hope you find uh, the desire to continue and enjoy doing your podcast because honestly, yours is the only one worth listening to. Well, Jim, thank you so much. Uh, Look, I don't think mine's the only one worth listening to. You know my other favorite pinball podcasts that are out there. And I also think we have to admit that this is not an industry or a hobby or a podcast that's all about like truth and lies, black and white. There's a lot of area of gray, right? It's not like if if we debate code in a pinball machine that there's a, a truth to it or a lie to it. But as you hear on this show, there are moments in which we might ask a specific question. Do you have the assets to use the film in the code of the game? And we might be lied to. And I do think, I do think we are a podcast that is always asking those tough questions. And here's the thing that separates us. When we get a BS answer or we're being spun to, we don't just move on to the next question. You know, sometimes I, and, and I know it's hard. I know when you're like in a room with someone and you're interviewing them, you don't want to press the issue, but we can press on this podcast because guess what? I never lose access to anybody because nobody wants to come on the show uh, from the manufacturers and, 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 and internal people over at those companies. All right. So what else is going on? I got some more emails, but I just want to say this. This show's not going to change. We're not going to change the way we do it. You can thank Sicilian mother of mine, Florence Providenza. Always speak your mind. Seek out the truth. Be disruptive. Be confrontational when you want to be. But always do it because you're trying to get to a good outcome. You know, we've always just been about getting the best games possible out the door. Making sure you get what you're paying for. And I think we've discussed it on this show. You know, if you really start to break down some of these $9,000 games, you're really not getting your value. And here's why. And this is my response to Ed all the time. How is Jurassic Park LE more fun than Jurassic Park Premium? So if you want to make fun the scale by which we should uh, associate value to these games, then you need to make the LE more fun, right? I think that's only fair. If it's the same exact value, there's no way you should pay more. I'll tell you right now, an 840 horsepower Dodge Demon is more fun than a 707 horsepower Hellcat. You pay more, but you get more performance. You get more of an experience. That's what we need from these LE pinball machines, okay? And and again, over the last week, turn off pin side. Turn it off. Play your games. I've had so much fun watching Jack Danger play Batman 66, a game I've owned for almost two years. I'm actually learning new things about the game 
by watching him play the game. And now I'm even enjoying the game even more. I love my Batman 66. I think it's one of the best games ever. And, and that's what I implore all of you to do. If it starts to get too negative, just turn it off. Because the rest of the world doesn't care. You're not going to randomly walk down the street and hear someone complaining about vertical upkicks and orbit shots and how like the play field is puddling and chipping on, on a game. No, nobody cares, all right? But we will always have your back. Canada will always have your back and, and be pressuring these manufacturers to deliver what you're paying for at the cost of me being called terrible, at the cost of designers not coming on the show, I don't care. I've got your back. You know that always. And here's the thing. In the week off, I've always said this. Take care of yourselves, people. Please. just be. Ha- you'll be happier in life if you take care of yourself. You'll be happier playing pinball. I want to give a shout out to Jared, who's lost 50 pounds. 50 pounds. Look at his Facebook page. You can see the transformation of him right before our eyes. Uh, take care of yourselves. I just started doing this like Zac Efron Baywatch workout. It's insane. It's three days a week. 30 minutes a a workout and it will change your life and I implore all of you again to spend more time taking care of yourself if you're thinking about buying a new pinball machine maybe look at your wife and your kids and your family take them on a vacation they'll never forget always make sure you take care of your health and your family and your kids and your real responsibilities before you overemphasize pinball you know, I'm still talking to my boy Derek almost every day. I'm like, dude, you're back in it. It's like the center of your universe. You care too much. It's not worth it. None of it's worth it. If you enjoy Wonka, play it. But, you know, these guys get sucked into the vortex. If it's not just good enough for me to enjoy a game, I need to go on and, like, go on these silly crusades on a daily, hourly basis trying to change other pinball people's minds. Absolutely inane. A waste of a life. Derek Hit the floor, give me 20 push-ups, give me 10 pull-ups, do that five times in a row, and you'll feel better at the end of that than you will talking to people on Pinside about Willy Wonka, Empire to the Caribbean, Cliffy installations. Nobody cares, bro. Nobody cares. All right. eh, some people care. But anyway, happy to be back. We're going to do more of what we do. I know you love the show. Is it too early to ask for a Twippy boat? Hey, Jeff, when can we get the Twippy boats going? Because I think we've, we're at a good point now. All right, so no deep root this year. No deep root. We need to hear from Stern on the clear coat. Jersey Jack's doing the right thing uh, by giving people free play fields. Nobody's, uh, I don't really think people care about Cosmic Carnival that much. American Pinball's got trouble. We'll see what happens with game three. If it's a bust, I think they're going under. Uh, what else is happening, right? Elvira coming out. It's going to be um, super limited edition going to be great you're going to have to spend fifteen thousand dollars probably with the elvira fan club to get it distributors are not carrying the game it's going to be through elvira's fan club i think did i already say that the reason why i'm doing the last 10 minutes of this podcast didn't record so i'm doing it again so i might have said that if i didn't you just heard news that elvira will be sle it will be just the sle and the premium and the le so no pro so you're going to see like very much like Batman 66. I might be repeating myself. If I do, forgive me. Just be happy I'm back and that Canada has your back. We're going to have lunch later, ladies and gentlemen. Right